Amen. Now while you're standing, let's go to the Lord with our needs. And let's have confidence. Let's believe God for the final solution. Amen. You can always tell God how you feel and what you think. But the bottom line is we want to accept his will, his will being done. That's where we want to be in Jesus' name. And I believe there are some people in this room here today and possibly online today that you're very close to being in the will of God. It might just be this next step that you take. This very next step that you take might just find you smack dab right in the middle of where God wants you in Jesus' name. So let's lift our hands in confidence right now. Come on, both of those, if you can. Let's ask the Lord. Let's tell him that we do appreciate everything he does and that, God, that we are, we are going to believe you in Jesus' name. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. It's very simple, God. You are God. We are not. We are people who love you and have confidence in you. Yes. My soul says yes, Lord. Yes unto the Lord. Whatever you want, God. In the name of Jesus is what I want. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praises be unto the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God, we do. We give you praise and glory. name. Now, before we dismiss our classes here today, let me make a, you can be seated. I'm going to make a few announcements here. First of all, next Saturday, this coming Saturday, I know it's not on the calendar. We didn't put anything on the calendar, but next Saturday, I'm going to be down here having prayer from five to six. If you want to join me, you're sure welcome to do that. And uh, periodically this month, because of the, the 30 days of prayer and fasting, we're going to be doing this. And I just want to encourage you to, to find your own way this month also. Amen. I believe collectively we can, we can find the power of God as a church, as an, uh, as an area here, that type of thing. But you as an individual, you keep checking it out for yourself. And so I want to encourage you to pray and to fast this, this month in Jesus' name. Let the Lord just use you in that, in that area. Also this month, we're going to be doing something just a little bit different. We've never done this before. Um, Brother uh, uh, Jake Fitzner has acquired the Financial Peace University um, material, and he's going to be offering it to this church, um, and he's open to a date. Right now, he has set January the 23rd, which is a Saturday, at 1 o'clock as the time when the class can come together, but he is open. I told him, I said, if you want to do it on Sunday afternoons, whatever will work the best. I even encouraged him, if there be two classes, if there's people that can't make it on Saturday, but they can make it on Sunday, you know, to go ahead and make that open. But you're going to need to get a hold of him because he's going to have to be ordering materials. He's going to have to make sure that you have the things set in order. Um, I am absolutely 150% um, for this type of a program. I believe one of the things that is hurting the church in this culture, in this world, I'm talking about America, is, is, is mega debt. And this is not something that can happen overnight, but it, it takes a concerted effort. 
Um, I don't listen to Dave Ramsey a whole lot, but I, I have confidence in his way of approach to um, uh, to finances. One of the things that I appreciate him is he always mentions tithing. He says that's one of the first things that you want to put down in your life. So we just, I'm not going to take a long time on this here today, but if you are interested in a class like that, praise God, uh, Brother Fitzner, and I believe um, uh, Brother Vargas is going to be helping him with that. We're not promoting any company here, folks. That's not what we're doing. We're just taking an uh, approach towards finances, and we want to get them in order, don't we? And I believe it's the will of God for you and I to do that. And then once we get our finances in order or we get some type of a thing, we keep them that way. Praise God. And God, through the baptism of the Holy Ghost and good discipline, can help us to do that in Jesus' name. So if you are interested in that, you see Brother Fitzner, and he will get you signed up, and he will tell you when and where and how in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Praise God. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys dismiss your class now. The Lord bless our young people. We appreciate them, don't we? Come on, let's give them, let's give it up for them right now. Come on. Oh, I appreciate our young people, our leaders, people who are taking the initiative to say, hey, listen, in Jesus' name, we want to do this. Amen, in Jesus' name. This uh, Sunday, of course, is, is, um, is a day that we set aside for the things of the Lord. Tonight will be the ladies' meeting, and um, I'm hoping that you're wanting to attend that. We had a, quite a uh, men's meeting last Sunday night. We had a uh, tremendous time of prayer. God has spoken to our hearts as men. And ladies, keep praying for your husbands. Keep praying for the men in this church, praise God. They are um, um, endeavoring to take some steps a little closer to the Lord, which initially might um, set you back a little bit, but you just have confidence in what God is doing in their lives, in Jesus' name. Also, this is going to be the last service that um, Harmon is going to be with us. He's going to go back to Bible college, and I am, again, 150% behind our educational system. United Pentecostal Church has come a long way, in my opinion my opinion. Back when I first got started in the ministry, um, I took five years of courses through um, Apostolic Bible Institute. My pastor was able to do that for me, and it was a tremendous, tremendous help to me, to a foundation, to put me on a firm foundation. I kind of got the best of both worlds. He allowed me to become the associate pastor during that time, so I got some practical um, knowledge and understanding and, and on-the-job training, I guess is how you could put it. But I'll never forget that education. It really, really helped us. And I appreciate Harmon, his excellent spirit. Can somebody say amen? amen? He just does. And I can tell right now that this isn't going to his head. And that is such an important thing. I could tell that, the spirit behind him. The Bible says that knowledge will puff up. And I'm not here to accuse or anything like that, but um, I, 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 that doesn't mean we should throw away knowledge, but it just means we have to be careful with education, that sometimes we kind of want to outclass ourselves with the Lord. But I, I feel a good spirit with, with Harmon, and I think that he's doing an excellent job down there. In fact, I think it would be the will of God for us. If you would just stand, Harmon, just stand. And I want everybody here, could you just present your hand towards him? And let's ask the Lord to not only keep him safe down there, but to just continue in that beautiful education process that he's in right now. It is a tremendous thing that's happening with this young man. And I appreciate it. Oh, do I appreciate it. God, I am so glad, so glad that you are 
doing these things in Jesus' name, in His life. Oh God, just continue, Lord. I have great, great expectations for Him. I believe that there are going to be some tremendous things that He is going to be able to do in your kingdom before you come back. And Lord God, I'm thankful for that in Jesus' name. I am so thankful for that. And God, protect Him, Him and His, and his good mother. I appreciate that, this family being a part of this church. And Lord God, I'm believing that you're going to bring growth. You're going to bring spiritual growth, Lord God, in a special way, Lord God, to His life this year in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give it up for the Lord for what He's doing for Harmon. very thankful for him in Jesus name. I have to be careful when you're mentoring young ministers that you don't impose too much of your opinion on them. With Brother Fitzner, uh, uh, Jerry Fitzner, I've been extremely careful. I mean, there's things that I'd like to see happen. I remember a good friend of mine, that pastor's back in Anamosa, Iowa. Him and I were talking about successors. And he was saying, man, Brother Carnahan, I want to find somebody just like me. And I looked at him and he didn't expect this. I said, I don't. He said, what? I said, no. I said, there's got to be somebody that's 10 times better than I am. I said, there's got to be somebody that's able to answer the call in this generation. Not that the message will be any different. Can somebody say, praise the Lord? But we're living in different times. We're living in a millennial age where people need to be reached in certain areas in certain ways. And I'm not afraid to tell you that, man, I, I can't do this all by myself. And so when I told him that, he kind of looked at me and said, well, I never thought of it that way. And I said, well, you don't have to do, you do whatever you want. But I said, I'm just praying that God sends the right person. That's what I want. And then through whatever's happened to me, whatever I can do, I just want to add to that. That's all I want to do. I don't want somebody to become like me or my personality. God forbid you couldn't handle another 33 years of that, could you? <laughs> oh, in a life, this place would be in trouble. So praise God, we need to get different people. But I, I have thought, and I, I just thought this morning, I thought it would be a beautiful thing. I'm just sowing a seed, okay? Um, that if Harmon come back and he would assist Brother Fitzner, I just think that would be cool. Jesus not saying it, just, just presenting, just presenting the thought. But I think it's neat, and it's not that I'm on the way out, folks. My goodness, I talked to my older brother yesterday. He's going to be 73 here in just a few weeks, and he said, man, his doctor told him that his run-in days are over. And I said, man, not mine. I said, I'm going to run at least until I'm 70, and then, if I can keep doing it, I'm going to keep running. I'm going to keep doing what I can do. And not that I, um, you know, I am anything, but I, I tell you, I want to be like Moses. The Bible says when he died, man, his eyes were, were, were like young persons. He was, he was in good shape. Amen. I don't know if he had a treadmill or not. I don't think he did, you know. But the bottom line is God took care of him. And I'm trusting the Lord to do that with me in Jesus' name. Not to say that age isn't going to have its... It's, it's a deal, but the, the bottom line is I think we can expect God to take care of us, and so I'm not done. I never want you to get the impression that, praise God, I'm, I'm on the way out here, folks. I'm just waiting for, for the time to come. No, I'm going to be going full bore until this thing is, until God presents me another challenge in Jesus' name. And who knows? Praise God. This area has to be reached, folks. 
We have to reach this area with the gospel, praise God. I always remember Billy Cole saying, he said, the, the, he said one of the challenges of an apostolic church being established in an area, praise God, is the fact that the devil will fight that. He will fight truth. He always will. He's always trying to, to grind that one down. And so I look into your eyes today, and I appreciate your, your quest for truth. Keep that hunger, praise God. There's nothing like the truth in Jesus' name. God wants us to, to be contenders for the faith and for truth in Jesus' name. And we can do that. We don't have to compromise. I understand we're dealing with different people in different ages and stuff like that, but we do not have to compromise truth. Can you say amen? And so we want to continue in that light. We want God's word to be bright in our lives and to reach this area, praise God, for the gospel. Billy Cole said, he said, the apostolic light, if it'll remain on, that means everybody in the area can be saved. It doesn't mean they will. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Now that's the will of God. God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Amen. But that doesn't mean that people won't. And I'm not trying to be morbid or pessimistic. I'm just saying God still lets people make up their own mind. Amen. But as for me and my house, praise God, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to try to do our best. We're going to keep on going um, the best that God can help us to do it in Jesus' name. We've got to learn to minister to one another. One of the things that happened about 100, well, probably a little over 100 years ago at Azusa Street. I don't know if you've ever heard about the Azusa Street revivals. It's tremendous. There's good books out there, you know, about some of the men and women that were involved in that movement. It was a tremendous move of God. There's no question about it. In fact, here just a few years ago, um, there was a 100-year anniversary of it, and they had in different locations in, in California. They had meetings held and that type of thing. And I'm not bragging, folks, but I'm saying that there was reports that came back, and there was all kinds of organizations that got involved in it. A lot of people like to consider themselves Pentecostal. And I'm not doubting that. There's a lot of people who have received the Pentecostal experience, but they really need to get involved in the apostolic way of life. That's my opinion. That's what's going to keep people in the mainstream of God, in Jesus' name. But all over California, there were meetings being held, big ones. I mean, thousands upon thousands of people would come. But the report got back that there were people in, in those organizations that saw what the United Pentecostal Church was doing and made reference to the fact that there, there was a special anointing upon their meetings in Jesus' name. And one of the reasons, I'm not saying uh, I, don't, I know them all, but one of the reasons is because the United Pentecostal Church International is contending for the faith on the most part. Now, I'm not responsible for all 10,000 ministers that are involved in that. I'm not going to go that far. But I believe the most part, the vast majority of these men and women who are licensed through UPC have a driving desire to see God get the preeminence in Jesus' name. So we are involved in a good organization. It's not perfect. Never will be. The God we serve is perfect. And that is not making excuses. That's just the way it is. But God has put good leadership in places, in strategic places in this organization. And we're seeing thousands upon thousands of people every week come into this truth, being baptized in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Ghost all over this world. And can somebody say that's what it's all about? 
Come on, folks. The evangelization of this world, letting people know that the message is not dead, praise God. It's alive and well in Jesus' name. Why don't you lift up your hands right now and thank God for organization. Come on, thank God for the organization. I know we can be critical. I know sometimes we can see fault, but I believe on the most part God has put some good leadership in this movement, and I am glad and privileged to be a part of it. Oh, hallelujah! What a wonderful time to serve the Lord. Wonderful time to be on fire for Jesus Christ. There's no question about it. We are living in exciting times. Even in the midst of this dilemma that we are in, praise God, God is reaching people in Jesus' name. And so I'm thankful. Amen. Now, individually, we do have a responsibility, and welcome to people online. We thank you for coming and being a part of this. We hope that you'll find us someday in this live environment. There's just something about it that really lends itself to this thing called Pentecostalism. But ministering to one another takes the work of God. It does. And I've often said, and I just, if you want to write this down, you can. There's four dimensions of this that we need to be involved in on a regular basis. There's no question about it. First of all, we need to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, operating and growing in Jesus' name. One of the um, prophecies that went forth at Azusa Street was that there was coming a time when there would be a preference a preference. For instance, I was listening to some praise music yesterday and this came to my mind where there would be a preference of praise over prayer. And we have to be careful with that one. That doesn't mean we should do away with praise. It just means that we have to continually pray. If my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves and sing choruses. No, it doesn't say that. And I'm not against choruses, folks but it makes the reference to the fact that we need to pray. And we need to pray individually that the fruit of the Spirit will grow in our lives. It's really one of the only antidotes you have for your flesh. It really is. If you want to keep your flesh under control, praise God, allow the fruit of the Spirit to grow in your life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against the Bible says there is no law. Amen. There's no ceiling, praise God. So the fruit of the Spirit is something that, will, that can abound. I've got it written in my Bible, Galatians 5, 16 through 28. And I've got the, the, all of the fruit of the Spirit, praise God, all analyzed in there, praise God. Because I want every day, you know, on, on, on a weekly basis, I want to know about the fruit of the Spirit in my own lives, in Jesus' name. And so let's, let's not get caught up in the emphasis, you know, of, of something that God doesn't want. Amen. Another thing that was said at Azusa Street, that there would be an emphasis over the power of God versus the favor of God. And that one you got to watch out for. There's a lot of folks that are looking for God to be powerful on their behalf. And you know something? God will because he will honor his word. But that doesn't mean you're saved. Amen. And I'm not here to be critical or to be the judge. I'm just saying we have to be careful with the power of God. And how we overcome that or how we, we balance that is seek the favor of God. I want God to be pleased. Amen. I don't want to start making up rules in these last days and bring people under heavy bondage. I want to be pleased in the sight of God. In the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? 
It's so true, folks. We don't have to fear this. We can just move right into that dimension. Amen. Uh, they come in threes in the Gospel of Matthew. I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not, but the fifth, sixth, and the seventh chapters of the book of Matthew are basically all Jesus. They're all him speaking. There's just a few verses that, that, that tell us what's going on and that type of thing. But mainly those three chapters are condensed, are just absolutely power-packed with Jesus. He's saying those things. And so they should be important. Amen. But there's other chapters. The 23rd, the 24th, and the 25th chapters of the book of, De- of Matthew are the same way. Read those chapters. It's almost pure Jesus. He's teaching. He's not only teaching about, you know, the the caution of Phariseeism. He's talking about end times. And then in the 25th chapter of the book of, of, of Matthew, he deals with three different subjects in that chapter. He deals with the virgins, praise God. And, 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 and if you study that chapter, you'll find out that I think it's around verse 13 or 14. He says, be prepared, be ready, praise God. Don't get ready. Be ready in Jesus' name. And that's where the the fruit of the Spirit can help us to be ready. It doesn't mean that you're going to end up perfect and never make a mistake. It just means you're going to remain sensitive to, oh man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God is speaking to people right now, right now, that He wants you to be sensitive to Him. Amen. And this is not some magical formula. It's just the idea that we desire Him over any and everything else in our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. And so the gifts of the Spirit, that's the second thing. You know, we got the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit are very important, folks. Amen. And I believe it's for the ministry of the saints. I believe it's so that you and I can understand that God is still moving in our midst. Can you say amen? I'm telling you, folks, He is in Jesus' name. Let me show you something. I wasn't going to do this, but it just sounds like a good opportunity right now. Look at Romans chapter number 8. And I love, the, you know, all of the Gospels and the, and the epistles and that type of thing. Amen. But Romans chapter number 8 says something that I want you to con- contemplate a little bit. Amen. I believe in the witness. You know, and what the word witness means in some of the aspects of the Old or the New Testament is evidence. Amen. Evidence. I didn't have tongues all figured out when I first got the Holy Ghost and spoken tongues. In fact, I was really, con- I, I didn't really know what this was all about. But as I continued in that road, God helped me to understand. I've had people come up and say, oh, how do you know you got the Holy Ghost? Well, I got this beautiful feeling. Hey, I got that at a Dallas home concert. And I'm not trying to be funny, folks. I'm just trying to tell you. I got that, you know, when the Bears won the the Super Bowl in 1985. So I'm not saying that you don't get those good feelings. I just believe there needs to be stronger evidence. And that's what God was helping me to understand about tongues. Look at this. Look at what the Bible says in chapter number 8 of Romans in verse number 16. The Bible says the Spirit, and that first Spirit is God. It's capitalized. It says the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That takes strong evidence. And there's so many people that are trying to do good so that they think that they are the children of God, and that has nothing to do with it. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't do that. It just means that that's not the deal. God will witness to you that you are a child of God. 
And that's why Jesus said, you shall be witnesses unto me after the Holy Ghost come upon you. Because it's the Spirit that does the witnessing. Amen. Now you can study God's Word and you can get plenty from that. But Jesus told the woman at the well that the true worshipers, the genuine worshipers, would worship the Father in spirit and in truth because that's what He's seeking. And I don't care, you know, the power of God is great. I want the power of God too. If you'd have been in this, in the men's meeting last Sunday night, there was plenty of power in here, praise God. But I also want the favor of God. I want God to be please. I want to know, praise God, that God is opening the floodgates, praise God, and He's in control in Jesus' name. Can you lift up your hands right now? I know this is a little bit, uh, you know, maybe a little bit uh, uh, forward here this morning, but man, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to take heed unto the word that you are hearing. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, and let the Spirit witness to you. Hallelujah. I don't make a religion out of speaking in tongues. I don't make, you know, some kind of a, a religion or, or, or that type of thing. But praise God, I thank God for the evidence that as they were on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says the Spirit was poured out and they all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Come on, folks, it's happening the same way 2,000 years Years later, you can have confidence in what God is doing. You don't have to doubt it all the time. You can squash that doubt with the evidence. Mm, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Praise God. Used to be, brother, used to be I'd have two services to get all this down. Now I only get one. That's what it's a little challenging for me, praise God. I've got to move forward a little faster in Jesus' name. So the fruit of the Spirit will help your flesh to be under control. It will. The fruit of the Spirit. Ask God to help you to allow the Spirit of God, the fruit of the Spirit, to grow. And then, yes, pray for the gifts of the Spirit, that we can minister to one another effectively, that God can do what He wants to do for one another, because He gave the ministry, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Praise God. And then another area that you and I must become very proficient in, Brother Fitzner did such a great job Wednesday night of touching on on this and that is of course the armor of God you know having our loins girt about with truth having on the breastplate of righteousness having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith whereby we can quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked one taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is his word praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit with watchings and perseverance for all saints come on folks this is biblical 101 this is why God wants us to have the fruit not the, only the fruit of the spirit and operate in the gifts of the spirit but praise God he wants the armor on for protection in Jesus name in fact the word stand I believe in the King James Version Bible is found three different times in that latter portion of that sixth chapter of Ephesians. It means we can stand the things that the devil brings towards us because we have the armor on in Jesus' name. And so dissect those. 
Find out what does that mean for me. Amen. Praise God. I remember uh, Brother Stone King teaching up in uh, Great Falls one day, and, and he, he touched on this, and I never saw it like that before. But he says he has to travel all over the place, and sometimes that's, that's hard on him, his physical body and getting rest because he's dealing with so many different principalities. Amen. And he wasn't trying to get us to feel sorry for him. He was just presenting the fact. But he said that God taught him that he needs to put on the helmet of salvation which protects his thoughts. And he did, he said he would do that when he'd go into the, to hotel rooms. And he, would, he, he said, man, I found out I could sleep pretty good. He said it didn't cure everything, but it cured a lot. And so I was traveling at the time, and I thought, well, I'm going to try that. You know, I don't think that God loves this Brother Stone King anymore and he loves me. I don't, I'm just kidding. But I'm just saying, and I did that. I'll never forget that. I was in St. Louis or someplace at a meeting, and man, I've always had a problem sleeping in hotels the first night. And I did that. I remember that. I said, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation, and I am not exaggerating, folks. Slept like, I don't know what a baby sleeps like anymore. We don't have any in our house, but I slept good that night. And so I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to keep doing that. It's not a one-time offer. It's something that sometimes you got to keep doing the things of God. So the big key to the armor of God is put it on. That's what you got. God isn't going to put it on for you. Amen. Your mom, and you know, she might address you when you were two and, you know, maybe even three years of age, but man, after a while, man, she got tired of that and she said, put your own pants on. You put that shirt on, praise God. I'll help you. Amen. And this is how God is with us with the armor. So you got the fruit, the gifts, and the armor. And then, on my own research, the weapons. There are weapons that God has given to us. Chris is reading that book by um, Brother Kenneth Reeves, and that taught me a lot, praise God. That was a man in our movement that back in the 70s and early 80s, he's doing stuff that we're doing right now. He was doing it way back then, and people were kind of looking at him out of the corner of their eye going, what's he doing? Well, we kind of caught up to that, and he teaches that kind of stuff. And these weapons are very, very important. I'm talking about things like the blood of the lamb. Praise God. Now, the blood of the lamb, if you keep that blood over you, it will wash you from sins. It will. It will keep sin at bay. Doesn't mean you'll become sinless. It just means that that the blood washes you, praise God. It doesn't wash you from, from, from making mistakes in the flesh. <laughs> and that's where a lot of people get it all bent out of shape. The blood, praise God, is mainly for sin, praise God, in our relationship, making that relationship with God. And then we're talking about the word of our testimony, praise God, knowing that we are working for God. We're talking about, you know, um, um, uh, um, you know, the word of God, the name of Jesus, prayer and praise, the Holy Ghost. And never forget the angels, the ministering spirits that are sent forth for those that are heirs of salvation. These are just some of the weapons I'll mention to you this morning that God has helped me to put in my personal arsenal. Praise God. But as I told the men, praise God, Sunday night, and this was not some kind of a, um, you know, an ultimatum. It's just the way it is. If you want to be used of God, which I hope you do, Amen. And God wants you to, too. Just find your niche. Find where God wants you to be. But, and one of the things you're going to have to expect is that the devil ain't going to like it. And one of the things, in my opinion, this is not the only thing he uses, but one of the, the major things he uses is discouragement. That's what he does. He tries to get you to quit doing it. Amen. And it doesn't matter to him how he does that. 
Just as long as you don't pray anymore. Just as long as you don't read your Bible very often. Come to church whenever you feel like it. See, you're just playing right into the devil's hand when you do that stuff. That's exactly what he wants. But you've become dedicated and you've become consecrated to the things of God. Believe me, folks, you know, you're going to see some of that stuff come into your life. But the neat thing about it, with the help of God in these four areas, with the fruit, the gifts, the armor, and the weapons of God, you can overcome those areas. Amen. It doesn't mean that you'll never get bombarded again. It just means that, praise God, you know that if God before me, who can be against me? Amen. And that's a huge, huge, huge recommendation. A lot of people just want to quote that verse of Scripture in the 8th chapter of the book of Romans, but really he's referring to the entire chapter, all the way up to about 32. If God be for us, and how is God for us? He has allowed us to be filled with His Spirit in Jesus' name. So I hope these things are helpful, praise God. I, I'm just trying to be very sensitive to the Lord in these last days and help people understand, praise God, that we can make a difference in Jesus' name. And God wants to help us with that in the name of Jesus, and He will. I'm telling you right now, He will do it. Let me turn to a little different subject right now. I've got about 10 minutes left here, and I know I've been, I've, I've been talking about a, a few different things, but it all kind of actually comes under the same category, praise God. Amen. Those four categories will really, really, really help you to be sensitive to God. And folks, I don't know about you, but I want to know what He's doing. That's what I want to know. What's He doing? What's the, what's the operation here? Amen. Scripture tells us about prayer, and, and prayer, one of the reasons that it becomes a little bit dull and it becomes a little bit, um, oh, I don't know, monotonous, or maybe it just, you know, we get a little discouraged, is because we're not effective. Amen. And I want to show you something here. Look at um, James chapter number 5, amen, and it talks about this, amen, and it gives us an example and it's a good example, in my opinion. I mean, Elijah is an, ex is an extreme good example. I was just going through that chapter the other day, the 18th chapter of the book of 1 Kings. Remember that? When he was put on Front Street, came onto the scene, you know, and said, it ain't going to rain, Ahab. And then it didn't for three and a half years. And boy, they were ready to hear something. And so he said, bring them all up to Mount Carmel. And let's, let's hear what the, what the Lord has to say. And you know, the solution and the problem were very simple. I don't know if you remember that story or not. But just Elijah just said, how long are you going to be between? And that's really a lot of our problem today. Is that we become between, and I'm not saying the devil or the world, but a lot of it is mine and God's. And that's what happens. We, be, we develop our own strong personalities and we want, oh man, alive, God, I'm, I've been living for you now for a couple of months or a couple of years now and boy, I got this thing down so, you know, I can, I can start saying things, you know, and, and doing things and we've got to be careful with that one, you know, that it isn't yours or my opinion, it's his. And it's always amazing to me in the King James Version Bible when he got everything all set up and he was a gentleman he said, you guys go first. Let's see what you got. And he wasn't, you know, I mean, it got pretty amusing after a while. He's going, you guys still doing that stuff, cutting yourself, shouting. And we do that, don't we? We begin to shout. And I'm not against shouting, please. But sometimes it isn't in the shout. 
It's in the calm confidence of who God is in your life. In Jesus' name. And finally, Elijah got a little tired of it, and he just said, listen, I think you guys have shed enough of your own blood. Let's let God do something. And I don't know if you're aware of this or not. You can count them for yourself. In the King James Version Bible, he prayed a 63-word prayer. That's what he prayed. He didn't go on for two or three hours. He just prayed a very simple prayer. And basically what that prayer was, God, show them. Show them who you are. That's a good prayer, in my opinion. Let me get out of the way. Don't let them see me. Let them see you. Amen. And you read it for yourself. As soon as he got done with that 63-word prayer, it happened. The fire came down. And people, whether they agreed with Elijah, were mad at him, or whatever the case was, they saw the power of God. Now, in my opinion, that's effectiveness. That's what it is. But there was another prayer that had to come after that. And that was the prayer that God put it on his shoulders. You pray now that it's going to rain. And he did that. And he got up there on Mount Carmel. You study it for yourself. He got into a birthing position. Amen. And I believe the church needs to do that more often. Amen. I was telling the men about three different types of tongues. The Bible says diverse tongues, so there's many of them. And I've been researching them for probably about 20, 25 years myself, you know. But the three major ones that God uses to me in prayer is one called a warrior prayer tongue. Amen. And I don't do it unless God tells me to. I'm not going to sit there and lose my voice and yell at the devil for a half an hour and think I've accomplished something. But boy, when that anointing comes, it only takes just a few minutes. And I'll tell you something, you can say six words in tongues, praise God, and you can move mountains, praise God, of devil junk in Jesus' name. And so that warrior tongue is important, and God has helped me to develop that. Uh, there's been many men mentors in our organization that has helped me to realize what I got, but nevertheless, God put that within me. And that's why I'm not saying you got it, I'm just saying you need to respect it. Praise God. Another one is, uh, the, another tongue is the birthing tongue. And it really comes from your gut. I mean to tell you. And it really is that. In the spiritual sense, it's like birthing. And that's why the Bible says that the church, Jerusalem, is the mother. And so a lot of times God will put within the church that ability. Amen. And that doesn't mean you've got to go on for two hours. It just means that you've got to recognize that type of tongue. And you can, after a while, you can hone that skill. And you can begin to develop. You know what the difference is. And then I was telling the men, I said, another tongue that is extremely important to me is rest and refreshing. Brother um, Chester Wright helped us about seven years ago. He came and did a, a seminar for our district uh, ministry. And he, man, he just... I mean, three hours, four hours he was preaching and teaching. But he demonstrated this. And it was something that caught me. It, I, I thought, man, you know, that has to happen. And I've learned to do that. It's kind of like putting on the helmet of salvation. It's helped me to sleep in hotels, praise God. Well, when you pray refreshing, uh, and, and refreshing tongues, and it takes very little effort, you, my goodness, your spirit will come back to life. It literally will. God isn't in the business of burning us out, folks. He's in the business of helping us. But amongst all of that, we must prioritize that I want to please God. I want God to be pleased with me. I don't want to be making up stuff so that people can think I'm powerful. I don't have a problem with getting out of the way so God can get in the way. 
Amen. I mentioned it last Sunday. You know, one of the things that, that, that the Bible teaches me is different lessons in the obscurity of Jesus for 30 years. Nobody knew, not very few, let me put it that way. And I don't know at all. But boy, there was a time when he put that hammer down and he went out into, the, into, the, um, um, in, in, into that arena. Well, listen to me, folks. That's what God is doing for every one of us right now. We have not seen in this movement the extent. Now, I'm, not, I'm thankful for everything that's happened. Don't misunderstand me. But I'm not going to miscue what God is doing. I think the greatest work is coming. I think there is going to be a revival and a harvest like there has never, ever, ever been in the history of mankind. But right now, in obscurity, God is preparing individuals like you and I that will give God the preeminence, will not get in the way. And then when it happens, praise God, they're going to be able to teach, they're going to be able to preach under the anointing like Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captives, and the recovering sight to the blind, praise God, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. That same spirit is here. It's wanting to get a hold of people right now. But you've got to put God first. You've got to put him out there. You've got to say, God, I don't have a problem with getting out of the way. Come on, somebody ought to be lifting their hands right now, and they ought to be giving God the glory. Come on, folks. This is what it's all about. God. Praise God. That's why I'm so, so encouraged about this generation. There's young people, and I, I don't mean that by denigrating any of them. There's young people that are dedicating themselves to this. And you're going to see that. You're going to see them be bold and go into places, praise God, that we just didn't even know if it was possible. Amen. And so that is so cool in Jesus' name. Just a few minutes left. So let me wind this up, you know. Being sensitive to God is going to take those areas. It's going to take the fruit of the Spirit. It's going to take the gifts of the Spirit. It's going to take the armor of God. And it's going to take the weapons that He has given us. Praise God. Amen. That's going to, going to help us to be sensitive. And sensitive for what? Sensitive to what is God doing? Where is He at? I've, had, I've heard for years the idea, and it's been kind of remote amongst us, of specific evangelism where people were out evangelizing and God directed them to a specific apartment complex or directed them to a specific family, praise God. Brother Wright talks about the story uh, of, of, a, of a young man and his wife that God directed him right to their door. He was out canvassing, just out ministering and out witnessing, knocked on their door. And the wife came to the door, came to the door, praise God, and said, hey, honey, the pastor's here. No announcement, had no idea they were coming. And the man who was, uh, you know, a 60s hippie came out of the room, Brother Wright tells the story, had long hair, and then comes out and sits on the couch and says, I'm ready, start teaching me. And Brother Wright, I mean, he's going, whoa, you know, and he starts teaching him a little Bible study, and, and after the Bible study, the guy got up with his wife and he says, I'm ready to be baptized in Jesus' name. 
You know, no prodding, you know, no trying to convince, twist their arm, you know, the whole nine yards. They came to church that next Sunday. They brought their towels, their own towels, and their own second set of clothes. And they were baptized and got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right in the tank. And for the next year, they brought over 200 people to that church, and they were baptized in Jesus' name, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm talking about. Now, I'm not saying that has to happen to everybody, but that's called specific evangelism. And I believe that God's going to wake us up to that. Amen. I think what we've allowed, and I've done it, we've allowed our little methods and our little programs to get in the way of what God wants to do. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. That's why prayer. It's got to have preference over Praise. And let me show you why. Bible says James chapter number 5. I'm just about done. Scripture says, <clears throat> the Bible says in verse 11, 5 and 11, James, it says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. <laughs> Not when it's us. <laughs> it says, You have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful, and of tender mercy. Can somebody say amen? amen? He is. Scripture says then in verse 12, But above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven nor by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay nay, lest ye fa fall into condemnation. I'll let the Lord give you some understanding about that. We've got to quit that in our services, and in our promoting God. So let your yay be yay and your nay nay. You don't sit here and convince everybody of what you know is true. Think about that one. It says, and then it says in verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. It says, is any merry? Let him sing psalms. It says, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's a good a good policy, oil, praise God. And it says in the prayer of faith, notice this, will save the sick. Kind of like, remember when Jesus, when that guy came down through the roof? You know, remember that? That was quite a scene, you know. I mean, they didn't have any other, play, any other way into the house. But Jesus didn't heal the man. First thing he did was let the guy know that his sins could be forgiven. And boy, he got criticized for that one. And we must understand, that's where the true relationship with people will always begin, with true forgiveness. Sometimes we're trying to help people be healed when that ain't even the problem. The problem is sin. The problem is they've allowed sin to take a big part of their life for years. And I'm talking about in the church too, folks, and I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you, if you want to be effective for the Lord, you've got to reread these scriptures and let him show you some stuff. And so the Bible says, the Lord shall raise him up, and if he have committed sins, they shall be, they shall be forgiven him. Having forgiveness is, is, is the first priority in my life, folks. I prayed it this morning when I walked around this church. I said, God, let your forgiveness come to me and flow out of me into everybody. This is what it's all about, being forgiven. And then the Bible says, there's times when you do need to realize your weaknesses. Now notice it doesn't say confess your sins, 
one to another. It says confess your faults. There's no big, there's no uh, issue with telling somebody, man, I, I've got a weakness. And so the Bible says to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. There's another one of those aspects that will happen. Amen. When it's not all about you, <laughs> when you'll put somebody first, amen, you'd be surprised what will happen. Now notice what it says in verse 16. It says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Three words there. Study them. Study them for yourself. One is effectual. Amen. Another one is fervent. What is fervent prayer? Amen. And what does it mean for me to be righteous before the Lord? That's why I believe if we'll, instead of seeking the power of God, we will seek the favor of God. I believe that will lend itself and take us a long way with being right before God. Amen. That doesn't mean that we should have, you know, all kinds of guilt on our back and, and that type of thing. It just means that we have to learn who we are. Amen. Goes back to being sensitive. Amen. Figure out what God is doing. Well, he came into this world to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. That was one of the intentions of Jesus Christ, and he did it. Got the keys back. But the other thing is, is he came to bring true salvation to a world that still needs it very desperately. Amen. And I need it every day. Amen. I've never grown past the fact that, hey, now I've, I've got, uh, you know, I've got to, um, you know, um, I got this stuff down. You start doing that, man, you're going to get a big head. Amen. Amen. And that's why I'm saying our educational system is a good one. They're teaching these young people not to do that in Jesus' name. I, you, if you want to get a course, that'd be great. Um, let's, I'm going to take you one more place, and then I'm going to quit here for this morning anyway. But the Bible says in the book of, um, in the book of Revelation, and I, I'm just starting to study the book of Revelation a little more now. I, it goes in spurts with me. I mean, because it, I'm not going to become an end-time junkie. Um, and I don't mean that disrespectful. I don't. I, I appreciate people in our movement who have kept a level head about this. But there are times, and when it comes to studying for me personally, God will move me into certain areas. Um, I've had that happen to me the last month. Um, in, it periodically, where he has moved me into an area that I see things now. And I didn't quite see him quite that clearly. It's kind of like, remember the guy that got his eyes healed? Remember that in, in the Gospels? And he looks up and he says, Jesus says, well, what do you see? He says, well, man, I see a bunch of trees walking around. Well, we understand that's not normal. But that's how we are sometimes. Sometimes that's what we see. And I'm not saying it's necessarily bad, but it's not going to give anybody any clear direction. And so they prayed again, and then he was able to see clearly. And so this is how we work with God. Sometimes we see things from afar off and we go, oh, i got to preach that one, man. i got to tell him about that one. And we don't even really know what he's talking about yet. we got to let that one absorb and we got to say, well, man, what does that really mean? You know? And so I hope this is helpful in your personal study, praise God. Because this is what it talks about here. Look at Revelation chapter 1. And um, I will say this. In conclusion here today, Revelation was not written to scare the daylights out of you. That was not the first purpose of it. Revelation was written so you and I would have information, 
so that we'd be able to understand what's the sequence of events that are going on. You know, and other than the 24th, 25th chapters, um, and the 17th and the 19th, 21st chapters of Luke, all of these chapters deal with prophecy, end-time prophecy and stuff like that. Revelation is the biggie. It's the big gun. It's the one that'll take us where we need to be. And so you must understand those first three chapters are dealing with things that are happening even right now. Even right now, those churches, things that, are, that, were, that were putting those churches in a disadvantage and all that kind of business. So study. I would advise you, before you go from 4 to, to 22, man, man, let God show you the first three chapters. What does that mean for me? Where am I, where am I at with this? And you'll find yourself, and you'll find different churches. But the Bible says in verse number 1 of chapter 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to shew, to shew unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Amen. And you must understand, when the Bible says shortly, that doesn't mean the next second. Okay? And it says, And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. I was telling you about the 25th chapter of the book of, of, of Matthew. There's three different sections in there. The first one deals, first 14 verses deal with the church, the virgins. And the key was they were ready. The second segment or second sec, sec, section deals with servanthood. He gave five, two, and one. And there were expectations. And I was going to preach on this this morning. Maybe I'll wait until next week. Those seven Beautiful words, you know. Anybody remember what they were? Were? I don't even remember. I have them written down. Do you remember? Well done, thy and servant. And so servanthood was the big deal. And then the third division in that 25th chapter of Matthew has to do with God coming down in Christ Jesus and dividing the world between the goats and the sheep. Oh, my goodness. That was just, again, just so thrilling when I read that again. So the revelation of Jesus Christ comes, and it's to further his gospel and to help us. It says, who? It says in verse 2, bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed, everybody say blessed, blessed. is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Goes on to say, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Oh my goodness, I just get thrilled reading it. And it says, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now that's promoting Jesus. That's what that's doing. Amen. 
Then it goes on to say, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And then Jesus speaks in verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, also or who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God uh, uh, and it says and for the testimony of Jesus Christ and look at verse 10. This is what made the difference. And I was in the spirit. Not by might. Not by power. But by thy spirit, saith the Lord. That's why if you're going to become more effective for the Lord, you're going to have to realize that you've got to put on his spiritual things. His spiritual, praise God, fruit. His spiritual gifts. His spiritual armor. His spiritual weapons. If you want to be effective for the Lord, which I hope you do, I sense that in here. Get in the spirit, praise God. And that doesn't mean that you've got to spiritualize everything. Because if you do that, you'll lose your credibility. Period. People look at you like you're nuts. But if you will begin to be sensitive to the spirit of God and begin to promote it when he tells you to, I'm telling you something, there will be a witness. There will be a evidence that even if they don't agree with you, praise God, they're going to walk away scratching their head going, man, something's happening there. Remember years ago, and I'm going to, you, might, you come, so I'll quit. I remember years ago, we had a man here that I was able to mentor for seven years. God allowed me to do that. They're good family, brother and sister Shoppy. And they're moved on to Harden and have done much, much greater works than they did here. It's just tremendous. But I remember him being at the county jail. He was, a, he was a sergeant up there. He actually worked through the ranks. He started up there. And I'll never forget, he was just living for God in that jail. And at that time, I was teaching Bible studies up there, and there's all kinds of people that were promoting God and that type of thing. And people were coming after this one person who everybody thought they knew that he needed God. And I didn't know the person, but from what Brother Shoppy described to me, yeah, he could use God. And they were saying, you got to come to our church. you got to come to our church. you got to come to our church. Everybody in the place was telling them that, or most people were. And finally, he got tired of it. Everybody was trying to push him into a church. And he said, I want you people to shut up. He said, I want to tell you something right now. He said, if I ever get ready to come to church, he said, I'm going to go to Shoppy's church. And the reason I'm going to Shoppy's church is because every day when he comes in here, praise God, he lives the way he talks. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. I never forgot that witness. Now, I'm not trying to put you on the, on the edge of your seat here and say you better be perfect tomorrow. I'm just saying improve your personal life with God. It's what will and always will make you effective for the kingdom of God. That's what God wants you to be sensitive to this year. In Jesus' name, I got to quit. I want to preach another hour, but I, I can't. We got to do this. Amen. Let's do it in Jesus' name. Oh.
Now let's make this dedication.